Hello and welcome to the Anvil podcast from Church's Bookshop. That's Georgia. That's Andrew. And that's Linda. And just a reminder, as always, that we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> we don't represent any particular organisation or denomination. We're just three friends having a chat off the top of our heads. Yeah, and this, guys, is our final episode for this season. No! Oh. <laughs> that was rather less dramatic than my hope. <laughs> Fake tears. <laughs> this is our 18th episode. Um, we were originally planned to do 12 but we decided to do a few more while coronavirus has been going on. Um, but yeah, we feel now we all should do could do with a break. So we're going to be taking a bit of a break after this episode uh, until the autumn uh, to give ourselves a little bit of a rest and a break from each other. <laughs> That's a nice day, Tate. Yes, we will be back in the autumn. We will be back at some point. Yes. <laughs> you have not escaped us yet. Um, so anyway, guys, how, how are you doing this week? Yeah, all right. A bit tired. I think I'd be glad of a break, actually. From me, are you saying? Well, I don't think I get a break from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good. I'm good. Good. It's good to be back in the office and just doing life again. Yeah, I'm good except for I flattened my big toe. It was quite sort of impressive and dramatic, actually. It It is blue. Yeah, my big toe is currently blue. It is very blue. Yeah, so I, I dropped a large, heavy glass trophy on my toe. As you do. You just, yeah, you just wanted to brag about the fact that you have a very large glass trophy. <laughs> well, I don't, it's relevant, is it, is it not? It, it was for services to the book trade. <laughs> You've not been knighted. All right. I didn't say rendered. <laughs> Sir, Sir Andrew of the book trade. <laughs> wait, wait. We are Young Contributors of the Year 2019. Young. Young Contributors of the Year, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yes. Is that because you're the only young people in the book? It tree? was a, a fairly slim <laughs> competition. The there was like us or one of a person. But there, so. there were a fair number of no, younger I'm people. No, sure, I'm sure it was really, really well well deserved. I'm just, I'm just teasing. <laughs> there aren't a lot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, as we come to the end, I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to discuss some of our favourite moments, maybe relive some of the our best moments of the season. Uh, and maybe at home, if you have any moments you particularly enjoyed, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear sort of what you liked about this series. But first of all, we wondered what... like We, we in theory, have done some good discussions during the season. Um, it's not just all <laughs> been craziness. Been mostly craziness. Yeah. But... Um, Linda, do you have a favourite discussion point that we've thought of? Oh, a favourite discussion point. We're going for, like, a serious thing, are we, you know? Yeah, we're being serious. Okay. Um, well, I I really enjoyed just recording the whole episode on mental health. It's a it's an issue close to my heart. And, yeah, I thought it was... A real, I thought we were able to have a really good conversation from, yeah, different, different worlds of experience. Um, but also I, I thought the... The, the book that we discussed really fed into that. So initial thoughts, I really wasn't going to like it. I just, yeah. Other than, I, I actually kind of like the colours on the cover. I thought it was yeah. quite pretty. Cover design, five out of five. Yeah, perfect. but you're not really meant to judge a book by that, apparently. <laughs> so, um, I like the title, From Over the Edge. Not so keen on the tagline, A Christian's Guide to Surviving Breakdown and Depression. And then I saw that it was written by a lawyer and was like oh he's gonna suddenly be an expert and he's gonna be oh I've had a bit of an experience so 
here is like all of my thoughts on it um and the i don't know i just i felt like this was going to be a really arrogant book of a kind of know-it-all but you know as soon as i started reading it i realized that just wasn't the case at all um it wasn't written like a guidebook or an expert's point of view. It was very much a, an honest kind of, here are a few experiences I've had and here are some general lessons I've drawn from it. And I thought that he actually, for quite a thin book, he covered such a broad range of topics. And I wouldn't even say that it was it was superficially. I think that he kind of skimmed the surface of, a lot of topics that would really kind of start a conversation or start people mm. thinking about various issues around mental illness and you know different treatments available and different kind of lessons that we can draw from things I mean just at a glance he covers personality predispositions towards depression and anxiety he covers the idea of trust in God and and the way that kind of interacts with depression he covers um, topics like medication, mindfulness and therapies, all things that sometimes Christians might be a bit wary of or sceptical about or unsure of and he does a really good job of kind of dispelling some of the big myths and just um, getting you to to think uh, about it and just kind of making some of these things seem a little bit less scary. So I was really quite pleasantly surprised by the book. So that was a clip from our episode on mental health, which was, can you believe it, only episode... Was it three? It was very early on. Yes, yeah. it was episode three. That was a, a long time that ago. That was before a pandemic happened. A pandemic's happened. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. I think my... Back when we were, like, recording episodes in advance and planning how many we were going to do. and We were yeah. so organised yeah. and well-meaning back then. Naive. We are still well-meaning. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I think my favourite discussion that we've had is um, probably actually the one around chronic illness. Mm. I think that was a really interesting topic to, to touch on, not least because the book we reviewed for that topic was uh, Still Emily, and um, that's such a fantastic book, and Emily Owen is such a fantastic person. Um, but also because we had the wonderful Ray, and by having this as my favourite discussion point, I'm going to get to include a clip of Ray. <laughs> Ray in all of her rayness. That was good. Ray in all of her rayness. <laughs> is that a word? Well, it's not. It definitely should be a word. So my experience, uh, so I've kind of had like problems with uh, ill health since I was quite young. But like chronic wise, I had a car accident and then I started having issues with my hands and my body was just quite tight and I was getting quite tired and, and then the ability in my hands weren't really working. And then just a lot of other different health problems were also around then as well. And then a couple of, well, I think it's probably how many years ago? Four years ago, Linda? How many yeah, years ago? Yeah, I think that's about right. About four, four years ago. It was shortly um, after we'd started sharing a flat. Yes. So... Basically, just a bit of background, it was Linda's dad's birthday and the whole family had come over and it had been quite intense and I was like trying to be helpful so I was like driving around and stuff and, and then it got to the end and everyone had left and it was just like we were all hanging out together so it was like me, Linda and our other friend Rachel and I got up and I was laughing at something and then my face just like stuck in this smiling position. Just imagine the Joker but only half of his face smiling at you. Now, for them, it must have been terrifying 
for me it was painful but for them I could imagine it was terrifying and basically I I couldn't move my face properly I made a call to my mum because she used to be a nurse and then we ended up calling Mandoc and they thought I was having a stroke and I'm a bit like because I've been in hospital so much I was kind of like I don't really want to go the hospital again can we just just not I'm sure it'll get better yeah so I genuinely thought Ray was just kidding around until the moment when she said yeah maybe I should go to the hospital and then I knew it was serious yeah I don't I don't really like going to them unless I really have to <laughs> so we went to the hospital and then um my eyes went into the back of my head at one point I started not being able to breathe properly I ended up in hospital staying in and they were kind of checked me over and then I got diagnosed with this called this thing called functional neurofluorofluorofluorofluor. That's a symptom, by the way. Yeah, Linda, functional. what's it called? <laughs> it's called functional neurological disorder, and it's just a range of different symptoms that can come on by any kind of trigger, and it's not always clear exactly what it is or what's causing it. So that's, um, that clip was from our episode on chronic illness featuring the wonderful Ray. Um, George, do you have a favourite discussion point? I do, and mine is irritatingly similar to Linda's. Um, yeah. But I think I would agree, my favourite episode, well, the one I'm most proud of, perhaps, more than favourite, is also the mental health one. I think it was, it was so early on and we were really still kind of figuring out how to do a podcast and what we were doing and it was a really big topic and quite a personal topic for all of us in different ways to take on that early on in in kind of getting our head around what we were doing and I was really kind of quite proud of how we handled it and the issues we brought out and that's probably the episode that really I would most want to kind of share with someone else and go look what I did um and I think particularly the part of that episode where we were kind of discussing kind of what what to say and what not to say mm. and which sort of ways we wish that Christians and the wider church would respond. I seem to remember particularly kind of being quite proud of some of what we brought out of them. If there's someone watching who perhaps is, is supporting a friend through mental mm. illness or you can one or two things either that or someone who is going through mental illness as a Christian, mm. what advice would you give to either of those people? Mm. Um, I think in terms of if you're supporting someone, I think I'd go back to what I said earlier, which is don't try and fix it. Just try and be there mm-hmm. and listen and also be willing to to be the person who lets them think about something else for a while. Because yeah. it can become very all-consuming. And when everyone knows you're struggling and they want to support you, it feels like that's all that's ever talked about. And sometimes maybe they need to just go out for a coffee with you and talk about totally different mm-hmm. stuff and do what you'd have done anyway. And kind of be reminded that they are still part of, the normal world and your normal friendship group or whatever it may be and they're still a person that you like for being them because often I think when you have depression you don't feel like yourself anymore mm. and if you could just kind of remind them of who they are and how much you care about them that might be a lot more helpful than any advice you could give. And that was a second clip <laughs> from episode three on mental health. Um, so yeah, as we're sort of looking back uh, this is the first podcast any of us have done um, first time any of us really done anything like this and while we had a lot of good discussions I think we also definitely had some laughs <laughs> mostly uh, at Andrew generally uh, yeah <laughs> we at me or with me at me um, yeah. 
Yeah, but but genuinely, we had some some really good um, good laughs during this show, and I think that particularly at this time when the world is so up in the air and everything's going crazy, it's been really nice to have have my friend I can have a laugh with, and hopefully those who've listened uh, can also um, appreciate the the laughter in hard times. But I wondered whether we have any particular moments we'd like to relive or in reinflict on the listeners. <laughs> See, I've, I've really enjoyed all the games that we've played, and I think a highlight for me, because I'm such a child, was playing Hide the Thimble in the Bible, because that was just, that's just one of my favourite games anyway, and it was fun, like, really testing each other's knowledge of the Easter story, um, and just trying to think of really specific places to hide it. So and that was quite fun. And I won, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my favourite moment of the podcast so far, to be honest, was winning Hide the Thimble. I'm going to teach you guys a favourite game of mine, if that's okay. Um, It's called Hide the Thimble, and it's a magical game where you can hide a thimble. Uh, For any people of our generation and younger, a thimble, apparently, is a thing that you put on your finger when you are sewing to stop yourself from hitting yourself. I Um, actually have used a thimble. You actually have? Yes, when I was um, at school, we had textiles classes sort of every other term, and I really struggled pushing the needle through if I was sewing, um, because I had very soft skin on my fingers, clearly. Um, I think also because I'm dyspraxic, I just don't have the coordination as well, so I was pushing and getting it all over the place. So yeah, that was I used that to help me push through so I didn't hurt myself. Cool. So, um, yeah, um, but don't worry about having to root through your mum's sewing kit or whatever to find a thimble, because in this game, we hide it entirely within our imagination. Um, so you just need to imagine something that is like a little um, metal hat that you'd put on your finger um, if it was wanting to not be abducted by aliens or whatever. Um, so imagine something the size of like your finger tip. And um, you're hiding it somewhere in imagination. It can be in the past. It can be in the present. It can be in the world of fiction. Um, but this time, um, playing the game, we're going to play it with a bit of an Easter theme. So my challenge is to hide the symbol somewhere within the Easter story. Um, so anywhere between sort of Palm Sunday and uh, the resurrection, I guess. Um, think really carefully about where in the Easter story you could hide a symbol and then we'll ask a series of yes-no questions to work out where it's hidden and you can get as specific as you like with it it could be in, um, I don't know, Pontius Pilate's left pocket or something like that Sounds really good Right, um, Linda, do you want to go first? Okay, give me a second because I need to think I feel like um, I'll give you a clue it's not going to be in Pontius Pilate's left pocket Although I love the alliteration of that. So good, right? It is. In fact, I think it would be even better. Pontius Pilate's posterior pocket. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to beat that. Fine, this will be all cut anyway. Sorry, guys. I knew we were playing this game, so I really should have um, thought of somewhere to hide it in advance. But I haven't thought of it in my life. No, let's all take this moment to think. <laughs> we played this with our youth group on Friday. Yeah. Uh, they have was... really good hiding places. They did. I wonder if I can steal some of theirs. <laughs> but I'll know them. That's true. I've played this game too much lately or something like that. Okay. Okay, I've got somewhere. Great. Is it 
Does, is it hidden in the story before the Last Supper? No. Is it before Jesus dies? Yes. Is it during the Last Supper? No. Is it during the trial? Yes. Is it during the trial before the high priests? Um, the benefit of Linda is consulting the Bible. <laughs> always a good place to look for answers. This is either the trial before Annas or Caiaphas. Um, yes. Is it on somebody's person? No. Is it on a table? No. I feel like my Bible knowledge is getting really tested now. Um, do you have any ideas? <laughs> um, is it on something that someone is holding? No. Is it on the floor? No. Is it on an item of clothing would count as the high priests, I presume? Yeah. So it's not on an item of clothing? No. We might need to get our Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I can do this! Um, for listeners, Linda is, like, the genius at this game. Um, whenever we've played it, she usually wins, and that's not just because Linda always wins. It might be why she likes the game, actually. Oh, we've cracked <laughs> it! But Linda does always win. That is true, he does. <laughs> is it in the courtyard... Linda is again consulting her Bible. Yeah. Now, I've had a thought. It happening during the trial doesn't mean it's happening at the trial, does it? Well, I, I, think, I think I think I thought the courtyard area is where Peter was. That's what I'm thinking. So, do you want to ask a question? Is it in the fire? No. Is it... Oh, no, I, I thought I had a question there and I don't... <laughs> What we got? We've got the trial going on in the thing. In the courtyard, there's Peter's out there. And he's confronted by the serpent. And he denies Jesus three times. Yep. Then to the cockroach. Ooh. Is it in the cockerel? Or on the cockerel? Yes. <laughs> Is, do we need to be more specific? Of course. You know the rules. Is it on the cockerel's head? No. On his tail? Yes. <laughs> that is a brilliant one. That, that, that was a good one, I'll give you that. So that clip was from our Easter special episode where we played Hide the Thimble in the East story. Georgia, did you have a, a favourite hilarious moment? I think my favourite moment was you attempting to use a metaphor about an iceberg really early on. Yeah. And Linda and I just not being able to keep straight faces. That was episode two. It was really early, it was but it stuck with me. block of ice. Um... <laughs> oh, yeah, because when we listened to it back, and when we were listening to it together, you said something about when you're sitting on an ice cube, and I just went, why would, you, why would anyone do that? And then just after I'd said it, I could hear myself in the podcast going, why would anyone do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I still maintain it was a good um, <laughs> metaphor. But, but yes. Despite all the evidence to the contrary. <laughs> um, let us know whether you liked the um, metaphor of sitting on a block of ice. Can anyone actually remember what the point was meant to be? <laughs> I really can't. I, I can. just remember the metaphor. I, I'm going to play the clip now. 
and you will, our, vi- our listeners can hear the point <laughs> as I made, which was very good regarding the time it may come to move on from a church that oh, is no longer yeah. providing you with the spiritual home you need. Yeah, that still doesn't ring any bells for me. I just remember laughing at you. And the image I love with that is um, if you sit on a big ice cube. Why would you do that? It'd be really cold. That's a, no, that's a fair thing to say. Um, if you're sat on a big ice cube, um, which would be like a church that's... Um... <laughs> I can't take this analogy seriously. This is a serious analogy. <laughs> okay, explain okay, so, yourself. Okay, you're sat on a big ice cube, which would be like a church which is not... It's like a different word. I can't, don't have a different word. Say if a seal was sat on a big ice cube. No, it doesn't work if I say that. Oh. What about a penguin? What about a block of ice? Okay, a block of ice. Okay, a bit less funny. Sat on another block of ice. No, no. (laughs) Andrew is for reasons better known to himself is sat on a block of ice. Okay, I'm for reasons better known to myself sat on a block of ice, and the block of ice represents a a church which is perhaps not not helping me reach God. I'm not able to serve, and if I'm so sorry. I think we're going to do some editing here. I'm very big, Linda. Um, basically, um, for anyone who wants to know, if you're sat on the ice and the ice is melting, if things are getting better, you're able to help and build into that church, that's a good thing. But if the ice is freezing you, if you're in a church and it is dragging your face down, well, your face has to come first, doesn't it? Hmm. And at that point, I think, yeah, absolutely move. And that, that isn't an invitation to church hop. It isn't an invitation hmm. to keep going and finding the perfect place or complaining about every church. Hmm. You can complain about any church, but we can all think about of a few things at our church we'd like to change. Definitely not. Nothing at all. <laughs> no, no, nothing. That clip was from episode two when we talked about denominations. My favourite moment is going to be, I think it was episode one. And it was Are the, you going to say the cow impression? The infamous cow impression. <laughs> I was going to say, like, if I, yeah. If one I of us had to mention one. that. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so no, the the um the cow impression, which I'm not going to recreate now because I can play. Um, actually, I believe all three of us did cow impressions. No, I refused point blank. I'm pretty sure you did it. We're going to find out in this clip from episode one, which was never have I ever. Never have I ever coveted my neighbour's ox. No, I I no. No. I feel I've been fed up. <laughs> what? I'd like to put that out there, everyone. What? After all your questions. Okay, yeah, I deserve it. Okay, so I actually have, but I was very small. You're still very small. Okay, I was very young, and that was mean, just because I'm short. Anyway, when I was little, we lived on a house which was next door to a dairy farm, and I used to be allowed by the farmer to go into the field next door and, like, walk my dogs and explore, and it was great. I had this level of independence, and I could just wander off into the field on my own all day. Um, and his dairy flock... You don't call them flock? What do you call herd. cows? Herd. His dairy herd, thank you. You think I grew up in a city. Used to um, also be in the field... And I always quite liked the cows, but when I was very young, I believed they belonged to me. And I had this theory that they came out into the field to see me. And I used to sit and watch them from our garden when I was, before I was old enough to go into the field, I used to sit in a little red plastic chair and watch the cows. There's one particularly famous occasion in my family where I was sat there and I went, look at my cows. (laughs) And they realised that I had believed that they belonged to me. 
Interestingly, my cousin who used to come and visit us had a similar theory, and he thought that the cows only came out when she was visiting. Aww. And they came especially to see her. So obviously we both had a bit of a cow obsession. <laughs> yeah. I, I should point out, there is a, a field behind our house now which does regularly host cows. I don't think Georgia has actually adopted any of them yet. Well, I do like the one with the amusing moo. There is one so now them. you are coveting I am coveting a new neighbour's cow, actually. <laughs> it has a very high-pitched moo, unlike any of the other cows. I cannot possibly recreate the sound for you, but it's amazing. Oh, oh I'd like you to try. Can. You <laughs> walked was, into I that. I really did. Um, okay, it's kind of like, moo! <laughs> Sorry, how did it go? <laughs> like a scared oh, ghost, but you like get the a, like idea. A, a ghost cow. It, I like it. it kind of maybe it was. Like, we never identified which one it was. But all of the other them were like a nice low, normal <laughs> moo, and there was just one of them that was really high pitched. So for like a few weeks, this was just all Georgia was talking about well, whenever had, we went outside. You hadn't heard it yet, and you didn't understand the level of amazement, <laughs> amazingness that existed. Yeah. I, I do just also have to share the story of the time I was going out to work and Georgia was, was still inside and she just heard this, this really loud moo. And then when I got back, did you hear that moo as you left? I'm like, yeah, that was me mooing at the cows. You do have a very realistic moo and now you've walked into it. <laughs> I have. Go on then, what does it sound like? You could see how I was confused. Oh also. my word, that was incredible. <laughs> if, if you could see Linda's face right now, it's a, it's a picture. <laughs> Absolute aura. So wonder. now we've both done our cow no, impressions. No, no, no. Linda. <laughs> no, 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 that won't be necessary. If you've just tuned in, this is a podcast about Christianity from a millennial standpoint, not about farm animals. <laughs> uh, we may touch on farm animals again. <laughs> may we? <laughs> I, I feel it's almost inevitable. <laughs> Now don't you feel silly, because I didn't do a cow impression. So you see, Linda, you really did do a cow impression. <laughs> we'll just decide which of those uh, statements we choose to put into the, yes. um, One the, of cut, into the final cut, because, yeah. yeah. I think we should just record it. this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, later on, we had the um, silent bat impression. Was it a bat? It was a bat, and silent impressions are always brilliant for podcasts. Yeah. How did that go? Oh, yeah. That was Andrew (laughs) recreating his silent bat impression for all you avid listeners out there. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, we've had fun. We hope you've had fun, too. Um, But, guys, I don't know about you, but this experience has been completely new, but I found it really rewarding to to record this podcast. And whether we have one listener or a hundred, I've really enjoyed it. So, um, is there any particular part of the experience that, looking back, you sort of appreciate the most? I think I have two, just to be awkward. And both are quite serious, so I apologise. Um, I think one is that genuinely actually doing this has really helped me grow my confidence because speaking publicly about stuff and expressing opinions publicly is not something I'm necessarily very comfortable doing. So this was like right outside of my comfort zone. Um, and I'm actually finding that doing it on this and then being able to listen back and go, actually, I do sound kind of reasonable and sort of at least vaguely informed and like I might perhaps know what I'm talking about has actually helped me kind of, I suppose, what's the word? Um... What is the word? I think it begins with an I, or possibly an E. This is going well. 
You were saying about sounding um, no. competent. No, like helping me to exert it's myself, like, a, like myself an exposure forward. therapy. No, it's um, helping you to like overcome that, or like helping you to. That I'm like better at putting my viewpoint forward now. Um, what's Expand your horizons. No, neither of those. <laughs> Um, oh, this is really helping you me. to say words to a microphone. No, more like that. Now, <laughs> when I'm in a personal conversation with someone, I'm better at um, putting your views forward. Yeah, let's just go yeah. with that. I will think mm. of the word at two in the morning. Mm. <laughs> that was a really good clip right there that we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to re-record it? Yeah, re It's up to you, actually. No, I I kind of love it. Let's stick with it. No, I've got really good at realizing how articulate I sound, and it's made me really, um, really. Um, What's the word? With, um, with the words with the e and and the i. Or, ironic. Um, <laughs> yes, ironic. It's made me really ironic. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that and my other highlight, actually, particularly with. We didn't know when we started like recording this that coronavirus was going to happen, but it obviously did. And particularly in that context, my highlight actually has been getting to talk to both of you every week mm-hmm. and making sure that we check in, each- in with each other and spend some time together and have like fun, lovely discussions about interesting topics. <laughs> and yeah. some fascinating if it If it wasn't <laughs> for the anvil, I'd never talk to you, Georgia. It's <laughs> true. We would just like coexist silently. <laughs> That made our marriage sound really depressing. I didn't mean that. I feel like you take so many jabs at your marriage during oh no. this podcast. Anyone listening must think we like hate each other. Yeah. Well, that's not true. We, we we tolerate each other. Yeah, just about. <laughs> so like sitting on an ice cube, you know, it doesn't. Uh, no, that doesn't work ever. Okay. My, I stand by my metaphor. Um, my highlight has been having the guests we've had on. So um, earlier in the season, we had obviously Ray. Uh, joining us to discuss chronic illness, and I loved having having her voice on here to sort of share her experience, and she's just so open and so um, authentic. Mm. And uh, those who know Ray know that that is kind of her defining feature, is her her authenticity. So I loved having that, and also having um, Reverend Andy Fishburne to join us to talk about worship, I thought yeah. it was great to have someone who, in his own words, is, is maybe perhaps not quite a millennial, but who's got what? such a fantastic sort of viewpoint on sort of everything. On everything, on many <laughs> topics. We could honestly we could have invited Andy for about half a dozen of the episodes and he'd have had loads to say. Um, we just yeah. happened to choose worship. So we've had someone from Generation X this season. Does that mean next season we have to have someone from Generation Z? Oh maybe. Or are they all on TikTok? Yeah, maybe podcasts. Do they listen to podcasts? <laughs> I don't know. Are you Generation Z? Do you listen to the Anvil? Let us know. <laughs> we are old and out I've of touch. I've just remembered another like absolute cringe moment from this season. Yeah, is when you basically asked if anyone wanted to date Linda. Oh, we did. Oh yeah, we were dating agency for a while. And the offer still stands. No. If anyone is interested in a date with Linda, I still can't believe that happened. I'm you just snuck it in like I'm so not really sorry. sneakily <laughs> at the end of an episode. I think it was. Well, um, as we say, if you uh, are interested in dating Linda, um, send us a message and we'll set you up. Get help. Well, we won't set you up. We have to do some like checks that you're worthy first. There will be a DBS <laughs> that check. You can put in an application form and we'll let you know. <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. 
<laughs> I don't think Linda shared her experience, yeah, oh, has she? My, okay, my best experience... Experience? My best experience. Um, my best part of the experience would probably be... Us trying to find you a boyfriend. No. <laughs> the worst part. Um, um, I think probably just, like, reading books. I never really do that anymore. Um, I guess I, like, since uni i feel like a lot of students find this where when you're forced to read so much boring stuff you then <laughs> lose the ability to read for pleasure um and i used to love reading and i have really appreciated having the opportunity to read so many good books to discuss on the podcast yeah and i think we've been asked by people you know why why do a podcast as a bookshop because it's not really a a common way that bookshops sort of try and and interact with with an audience, but I think it you've hit the nail on the head there, Linda. That often um, Christian books or, or Christians generally don't read a lot of Christian books, perhaps because they don't realise that the bre- breadth and the quality that's there right now. But also because they may have as you have experienced faithfully where they've had to read a lot of stuff they haven't enjoyed and mm. I know that we're all really passionate about good Christian Christian books that can change lives and hopefully through this podcast we've introduced um, you to some ideas of, of books you might want to read um, and yeah go get them from your local Christian bookshop because Christian bookshops are amazing places and I don't just say that as a manager of a Christian bookshop we are however slightly biased but That's we're right. <laughs> of course we're right. We're always right. It's just the opposite of what we say at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> so, um, a few episodes back, uh, when we did worship, we did promise we'd share some of our funnier tales because we've all had experience in youth work. And that sounds like a good way to end the season for us, something completely madcap and not related to anything else that we've done through the entirety of the season. Georgia, you should probably start because you promised to tell the turkey story. I did promise to tell the turkey story. So this was an experience as a young person, not as a youth worker, back when I was, I don't know, maybe 14, 15, and I was living in the States and attending a youth group which, by British standards, was very large. We had about, I suppose, maybe a couple of hundred kids most weeks coming along. Um, And... There was one session in particular, which, to be fair, I still remember it to this day because it was so insane. <laughs> um, but the youth leader, who was quite a wacky guy, I suppose, um, was doing a session on how God transforms us from the inside out. And that when we become Christians, the the chains begin sort of internally and in our hearts. And then as we continue to sort of walk along that journey of faith and get closer to God... That that transformation begins to affect kind of I suppose have a more outward working and it begins to affect our behaviours and our choices and our actions and the way we treat others um, become more I suppose obvious from the outside and he did a whole quite serious session up at the front talking to us all about this and then he said he was going to provide us with a visual demonstration and he led us out to the church's car park and in the middle of the car park was a huge cooked turkey stuffed full of dynamite um i have to remind you again at this point that this was in america (laughs) hence the dynamite and (laughs) probably have to see the risk assessment for that i know 
It was also like probably 15 years ago, so I'm not sure even in the States you'd necessarily get away with doing this now. But basically, while like 200 of us teenagers gathered around and watched, he blew up this turkey, and it quite literally rained cooked turkey from the sky down on all of us. And that like, was... how does that how does that illustrate the you know the gradual process of changing from the inside and it eventually becoming apparent on the outside? I mean, that you so eloquently explained. It doesn't. Does it? <laughs> it's just anything, a bit of fun. It suggests a slightly terrifying position of that change. <laughs> I mean, if someone told you that becoming a Christian was a bit like being exploded by dynamite, <laughs> it probably wouldn't actually sell it very well. But I, my <laughs> suspicion is he had the idea of exploding a turkey and then try to find a tenuous link which to be fair is often how I've approached youth work so I can't really complain speaking of tenuous links (laughs) we uh, back when I was just a baby youth worker um, (laughs) I was doing a series on the fruits of the spirit in fact we led this one together we did we did Um, we were leading a a series on the, the fruit of the spirit and we did a session on peace and before we'd even decided what we kind of wanted the take-home message to be or what we wanted anyone to get from it, we came across a pun. And that pun was, if you say peas, like the vegetable that grows in a garden, like garden peas, frozen peas, it sounds a bit like peace. So we just did an entire session about peas where we got the kids to take notes on interesting facts about peas, famous peas in history. Um, <laughs> and they did it really seriously. That they was the did. weird thing. They were just well, sat there. the whole thing out and I still can't remember like what what the point was or what they were meant to take from it. Or I think it was kind of an afterthought. I think at some point we were like, right now we're going to hide Bible verses with the word peas in around the room and you have to find them. Um it is utterly quite amusing, though. Try, try replacing the word peace with peas in some famous yeah. Bible verses. Yeah, there was something about the peas breaking out. Peas, I leave with you. <laughs> we definitely yeah, used that one. Yeah. And we both painted our faces green to be peas, if you remember. We did. But at the time, we my hair is naturally ginger and Linda had dyed hers red and we both oh, had it yeah. plaited so we looked like Princess Fiona as an ogre, not yes. like peas. <laughs> oh, that was such a weird idea. On that note, this Friday, George and I are going to a youth group party where the theme is musicals and we have to to um, like dress up. Mm-hmm. And my vote is that Georgia should be Princess Fiona. Makes sense. It is a musical now. My vote is to be Anna from Frozen. Largely because uh, I already have a costume. But yeah. also I have the hair, so you it do. works. Fiona also has red hair. I know, but I've already accidentally been Fiona once. <laughs> um, it's hard for me to pick a favourite sort of youth work moment. Because I tend to do slightly crazy things, because I think that's the best way for kids to remember a session mm. is for it to be absolutely insane. Um, Evidently. If you explode a turkey with dynamite, it will be remembered for I years to come. I still love that it was a cooked <laughs> turkey. Was that the, I still love that it was dynamite. <laughs> dynamite. Well, what else would you use? I'm sure there's something less extreme that you could use, probably. Why I don't know, even, I've never inquired. Where would you get dynamite? In America, I imagine it's quite easy. Is it? Probably Walmart. Yeah, probably. I don't really know. I need to check with my American friends. I did live there for five years, but I never tried to buy dynamite, so I couldn't tell you how easy to, it would to be. To be fair, like dynamite is actually a really stable explosive. Like It's better than gunpowder. Well, yeah, but not something people should just generally be able to walk around with. You say that, 
People are able to buy fireworks pretty easily, right? And they are less stable and less safe than dynamite. Dynamite requires the correct electrical charge to go off. Why do you know this? Because I am a font of useless knowledge. (laughs) Did you know that in Somalia it's illegal to drive with a lump of old chewing gum stuck to the end of your nose? I actually did. That should be illegal everywhere. (laughs) I think we should do it. It sounds fun. No, it doesn't sound (laughs) close. So, yeah, it's hard for me to pick my exact sort of favourite moment. I'm going to pick a couple because I'm going to break the rules like a rebel. Um, One of mine was, um, say, favourite. It was a moment when I thought, oh my word, what have I done? Um, so you may or may not know that on the Isle of Man we have these lovely things called the TT races, where yes. we close nearly 40 miles of our country roads and crazy people ride motorbikes around in excess of 200 miles per hour. And we took a youth group, um, we had a sleepover in the church, sort of over one of the weekends around TT, and we took the youth group to watch one of the sort of practice sessions. And some, it was in a big park, so some people were sort of having a picnic or some of the younger ones were playing on the, the park equipment, and a few of us were actually watching the the practice go on. And about halfway through, I just suddenly heard this big metallic crunch and a bang, um, and then silence, which is not a good sound when you're listening to motorbike racers. And um, as it turned out, one of the one of the bikes had crashed right in front of our young people. And I had that moment of... That is not ideal, um, for multiple reasons. Not not least, um, obviously, we don't want anyone to get hurt, and thankfully, both both people it was a sidecar, and both were okay. But yeah, that was a moment. I was quite. I was a baby youth worker. I kind of went. This seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> um, my other one was from when I was a young person, and we were doing a youth service at the church, and the poor youth worker. I don't know what he thought he was getting himself into. But the the one moment the UCP was stood at the front and was sort of explaining what we were doing, we decided to do the the exercise where you write down sort of sins on a piece of paper and burn them in a paper basket, a paper basket. And that's not what they said. What they said was, "We're going to burn these because burning things is cool." And the youth worker had to scramble and explain to the church, including the vicar, who was his boss, that we actually had more of a reason than just that fire is cool. I've just thought of another one. What (laughs) happens when you let your young people loose on, you know, the church in general? (laughs) And when you invite them up to the front to interview the president of the (gasps) Methodist Conference. (laughs) It was so bad. I feel like we did bear some responsibility for that. Oh, we got, I bought all the responsibility for that. <laughs> so we were meant to get the kids to interview him, and it was like, oh, let them choose some questions, and they can ask me anything. And, um, yeah. So I was like, oh, let's go for, like, a mixture of silly and serious. Uh, but I kept feeding feeding them all these questions to ask. And I'm pretty sure... Most of the crazy questions actually came from me. Um, I think they did. (laughs) (laughs) They stood up there next to this really, really tall guy looking so small and so young. And, and they, and they said, now I believe the children have some questions to ask me. And they, and they just said, um, why are you called Leo? It did turn out to have an interesting answer that happened. It did. And then, um, have you always wanted to be a president of the Methodist Conference? 
What does a president of the Methodist Conference do? And how do you spell president of the Methodist <laughs> Conference? Fortunately, he did turn out to be have a real sense of humour and took brilliant. it in good grace and handled it well. But if he'd been like a straighter-laced person, <laughs> that would have gone really badly wrong. Uh, so you've reminded me of another story. We could talk about this all night. I, I of sending children up for communion in superhero masks. That was another good one. I'm beginning to think I was the common denominator. To yeah, actually, yeah, you were at both of these things, and I think the glitter glue was definitely you. Yes, but I did have the good sense to ban glitter glue from there from then on. We we were in it. We were running a Sunday school. And we used glitter glue, and the kids all had it all over their hands, and they made Excellent. these masks. Oh, and we, we had an acolyte, <laughs> so these kids who sort of help out with their lovely white robe, and yeah, he got painted. Glitter just makes everything more fabulous. Yeah, but And if you did, eat it, uh, then you're fabulous on the inside. No, we Do not them. eat glitter glue. <laughs> not a good advice. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, we, we took them back <laughs> into the church for communion, and the acolyte's white robe was, like, green and sparkly. Their hands were all green as they were, like, kneeling at the communion rail, rail and they were all wearing these superhero masks. Aww. But... You know, I think all the best youth work moments from the point of view of the kids end in the youth worker going, what was I thinking? Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. And we definitely had some good moments. We ended up, it began when Linda and I were working together and then carried over to when Andrew came and joined joined the church. We ended up with a whole list of leader rules, which came from really bad ideas we'd had and then realised we definitely shouldn't do. I think maybe we'll save the leader rules themselves for next season. Yes, definitely. But to give you a taste of one of them was no baptising children in chocolate fountains. Although that would be so fun. And the kids would have enjoyed it. It's true. I mean, the risk assessment would have been hard. But... Hello. <laughs> How hot are chocolate fountains? Then Only oh, one way to find out. I don't know. We'd have to risk assess it. You have a kid's head in it and find out. And on that <laughs> note, um, that is the end of the first season of The Anvil. We hope you've had um, you've enjoyed listening to it. We hope you haven't taken our advice too literally. Um, and we're sorry. Yes, we're so sorry. We apologise, humbly and sincerely. Um, But if you have enjoyed the season, you can find us on Facebook with facebook.com forward slash The Anvil. Give us a like and then you'll be able to see when we come back. We're also on Acast, on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and a few other podcast places. And you can find us on the Church's Bookshop website, churchesbookshop.im. Scroll down to the link for the Anvil, and there's a, a place you can listen to it there. And you can also find links to subscribe on whichever your podcast platform of choice is. That should have been preferred podcast platform. Ooh, I like it. But for now, that's Linda. That's Georgia. And that's Andrew. And we have been the Anvil podcast from Church's Bookshop. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back in the autumn. Bye. Bye. I'm always late. <laughs> <laughs> no!